0: What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Matthew 9, 1-12. Good stuff, though. Real, real good stuff. And it reads, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. And this was interesting right here. And I I was just uh, dialoguing with the Lord about it. I want you to get something. I mean, which, you know, you probably get it. But, But notice this. Why this was such a significance that they marveled that a man said your sins were forgiven. Because these were the children of Israel, and how were sins atoned for the children of Israel? They offered sacrifices, right? They sacrificed a the lamb. There was a, there was a, there was a blood offering for atonement of sins, and usually that was a lamb, right? So, so, so for them to hear some man say, and they notice it was a man saying this. <laughs> Not just any man though, but it was a man that they knew of, not necessarily knew, but they knew of. Right? And and this man that they knew of is sitting here saying, Your sins are forgiven you. Like, whoa, whoa, hold up, brother. Nah player, you can't say that. Who who are you? Right? And and you can only imagine going from lamb offering after lamb offering after burnt offering after burnt offering I don't know how often they did it right for the atonement of their sins and then one day some dude that that, that whose family you knew show up on the scene talk about sins yes, are forgiven. It. It's like what? Just mind boggling. That's why that's why in the next verse it says At this some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Right? It was bizarre. I mean, who have never heard of such. A man say, your sins are forgiven. You didn't have the authority to do such. But then Jesus, knowing their thoughts, just picking right up. He said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Right? He has to declare that. He had to make the declaration that he had authority to do such. And here again, now I I haven't done the research and I don't know if you have brother, but wherein it was prophesied that, that, uh, I think Isaiah may have said he would atone our sins. I don't know for sure. Did he say that in Isaiah? I'm not, I'm not sure. Corey, I'm going to have to look it up. I'll look it up. But, uh, He's making the declaration, right, that, that I have this authority, just, just so they can understand. And then he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, go and go home. Here again, another also significant, because he said your sins were forgiven. said it. He didn't go and pray and ask God if, if <laughs> the man's sins were forgiven, right? He said your sins were forgiven. Didn't notice what else he said. He said, get up. Whoa, right. So he's showing and declaring his authority, showing his authority and declaring his authority, showing it to them by saying that I have this authority. And then. What he said was what he told the person to do or what he acknowledged in regards to the person, it happened, it happened. I, so then, just moving right along. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God. Who had given such authority to man, right? Just, just just, notice this authority. he got this authority. That's what you're just looking at. It's just just marveling. I'm just going through this marveling. And, all right, so he just continuing on. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at, at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now, this is also significant, which we talked about it last week. The interesting thing about this was, and is, when Jesus said, follow me, they just followed. And it's like, like now, brother, now think about that. They didn't know Jesus in the light that we do. Because, cause we, you know, how we read and how we talk about him in the light. Um, you know, Jesus just said in the other, you know, in the third. But Jesus was this guy that they in a sense. Watched. You know what I'm saying, bro? They watched him grow up. They watched him from a little boy grow up. You know what I mean? And they knew of his parents. They saw this. And then he come along and he say, Follow me. And then they just followed him. Like in my mind in my mind, this is in my humanism. Because when you think about Peter, chapters book before I don't know if he had healed anybody yet. You know what I mean? What? Why, why would they follow him? Just just drop what they were doing. I'm, I'm sitting here at my job, and he comes by my job. Tap me on the shoulder. Follow me. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> and then you just do it. You know what I mean? What faith? But moving right along, while Jesus uh, was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And then on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So that pretty much sums up everything that I that. I really want to discuss but you know if there's something else to discuss of course we'll discuss that as well but that that ending right there he said it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick and then when you look at from one all the way down to this part Jesus was from uh, from a natural state and a spiritual state being a doctor to everybody he came across even from from uh, chapter what was it chapter 5 or 4 From chapter 4 to this point 4 to 9 he was healing people and he was telling people their sins were forgiven he was showing people what to be how to be for God but what was significant to me what really stood out to me was this he said it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick and then he said, I have come to call the righteous. I have come, not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And and this is what I'm getting at. He dwelled with them. <laughs> right? He made his dwelling with them. Right? And it's like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because if because you see here in verse 10, he says, he was having dinner at Matthew's house. Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. He was dwelling with them, right? So that brings me to this point, this point. If I'm sick and I realize I'm sick, why am I not dwelling with Jesus, right? Why am I not taking up my abode with him? It's like last week, and it's like we talked about everything God is wanting us to be. But then we run off and try to do what God is telling us to be. Now notice that he's mm-hmm. trying to do what God is telling us to be. But then right Please. here, I notice something. It, right? I notice something. He's dwelling with the sinners. Right? Right? He's making his abode with them. Right? He comes right there where they are, meets them right where they are, and does everything that they're doing. He's sitting there eating dinner with them, dude. He, the, the tax collectors, He just like like they... Like they lived together. Now I know they didn't live together, right? But he's at Matthew's house. He basically, I'm at your house, bro. This is your, yeah. this is your abode. This is I'm coming. I'm meeting you right where you are. And guess what? More and more people like Matthew began to assemble with him. They were coming too. Why? Because they wanted to dwell with Jesus. Why? Because they wanted to be everything he was talking about. Over in Matthew, what was that last week? Was that five? Over in Matthew five, because they wanted to be that, right? They didn't want to go off and do something. They wanted to be. So in order for me to be something that God is calling me to be, I gotta start hanging out with God. Hey, just, Corey, go ahead. They also knew he was a doctor, right? <laughs> you know. They had some type of awareness that he was a doctor, that he what, he right. he made you right. He fixed he you. He had some answers. He had, yeah, he right. had some answers. You, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Because if you go back, this, really, that's not a big mystery to this. If you go back to Matthew, he said, tapped him on the shoulder. Hey, let's go. Matthew, what did Matthew do? He went. He followed. He followed. Just like last week. Peter, he saw Peter and James, they were fishing. He said, "Hey, follow right. me. I'll make the fishes right. of men." What did they do? They dropped their nets. They followed. They they made their dwelling with him. It's, mm-hmm. it's like I I my my fixation now becomes you, right? Not not me, but what we have, what we have mistakenly done. And this is the Pharisees, right? Look at what they're saying. What are they saying? They saying, "Does this man not know he's eating with?" Does he not know who he's with? <laughs> see, they, were, they, they were doing things the right way, right? They were doing things the right way, so they didn't need to hang out with Jesus. Notice, they weren't hanging out with Jesus. But they were. But but they weren't. They were around him. They weren't hanging out with him. That's right. the difference, right? It's the difference between me and you hanging out. And me and you, like, like a reporter, I'll give you a better example, a reporter. Reporters don't hang out with football players or, or, or any type of athlete. They don't hang out with them. You know what they do? They spy on them, right? They follow them around and spy them out, trying to do what? Get a good story. I want, I want a good story. If we were hanging out, the cameras would be off. The tape recorders wouldn't even be in their pockets, Yeah, this would be this would be uh, uh, off the record. Everything that was about to take place, such as such as Nicodemus, this is off the record. We know we know that you are a a teacher coming from God. No man can do what you've done. Except you have come from God, nobody can do this except you be from God. See, Nicodemus was trying to hang out with Jesus. He wasn't trying to be like his fellow Pharisee brothers and sisters. Sadducees. He wasn't trying to be like them. He wasn't trying to get a good story. He wanted to know how to actually be what God was calling him to be. He wanted to know how to be. In this in this passage, what I see, what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing is in order for me to be what God is calling me to be, I gotta I gotta start hanging out with God. I gotta start hanging out with God. Right? I have to start investing my time into Christ. I got to start investing my time into him. He's taking up his abode where I am, but I'm taking up my abode where he is. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not I'm not investing my time in him. I'm not seeking him out, trying to figure out what in the world he is wanting me to be. And while he's telling me what he's wanting me to be. It's like i I'm not I'm not very sure what you want me to be, Lord. And then how will you know if you don't spend time with him? Right smack dab in the middle of your own environment. He was at Matthew's house showing Matthew what he wanted him to be. Make sense? Real, real, real simple stuff. Just as you pointed out, just as you pointed out, he was a doctor. Right. And if I feel like I need a doctor, guess what I'm going to do? Go find your doctor. You're going to go find your doctor. But guess what else? you going to make them your doctor. Right. And I mean, they ain't saying make like you're going to force them. I'm saying this is going to be your doctor that you visit quite frequently. Whenever there's something coming up, you're going to go check with them. Something come up, you're going to go, hey, let me go check with my doctor. This happened. Let me go check with my doctor. You you know what I mean? Let me give you my insurance. This is my insurance. Make sure, you know what I mean, you you discuss, you know, the payments and all of that with them. You know what I mean? Form this connection with the doctor. right? Right? He gets to know you. You get to know him or her, right? You form this relationship, right? And it becomes ongoing. It's not something you just do. Once upon, once a time, that ain't your doctor. You catch him if you catch him. You don't. Like, I ain't seen you in a few years. That ain't really your doctor. I, that's a doctor. It's not your doctor. Right? It don't matter if you go to that clinic or the next clinic. When you want a temporary fix, but see, but when you want to be made whole, you form this relationship. You form this connection, right? You get to know this person. What kind of doctor are you? Or do you care about your patients? Do you, you know you really you're really trying to invest in or uh, uh, investigate this doctor? And it works the same way with Christ, right? We talked about being what Christ is wanting us to be. Then I got to start investigating him. I got I got have to actually put forth some time and effort into Christ. It's only it's it's only natural. What I want out of something, i got to put something into that something, right? i got to sit here, and I was telling my mom, we go into the Bible, and I'm bringing up the Bible, but a lot of times we go into the Bible, and we read the Bible based on what somebody else has told us, right? Somebody tells us, oh, the scripture says such and such and such and such. So then we go into the scriptures looking for what somebody else says the scripture said. And then when we don't see what somebody else said, the scripture said, then we get frustrated. It's like, oh, I don't understand how they're getting this. I don't understand how, how, how they interpret it that way. And then you bad because you can't interpret the scripture the way somebody else interprets scripture. And I said, but mama, that's the problem. Right? You're trying to validate somebody else's point. You're not going into the scriptures looking for God. You going in the scriptures looking for your cousin, your auntie, and them, and, and pastor so and so, and them. You ain't looking for God. It's your perspective, right? You got to shift your perspective. What in the world are you looking for? If if, if you want to be healed, going into the scriptures looking for pastor such and such and Corey and brother Jim, you ain't gonna get healed. If you're not gonna get to know Christ, going in there trying to look for what I'm saying, <laughs> you got to go in there looking for who I'm saying is telling me what I'm saying. If I say God is telling me this, then it isn't your best interest to go into the scriptures looking for God. Not not me. you Because you're not going to find me in there. You're not. <laughs> you're not going to find me. You're going to look at Corey said A, B, and C. Let me go up in here and look for what Corey said. No. No, you ain't going to find Corey in there. You're not. But if Corey say God showed me this, Corey said, God showed him something. Don't go be looking for what God showed me. You better go in there looking for God. And when you pray, and this is amazing too, this is all about connecting with God. When you pray, a lot of times we hear people pray. And it's amazing how I hear people say, it amazes me. Oh man, that brother show can't pray. And I'm like, huh. I ain't never heard nobody say that about somebody talking about, having a conversation with another person. In the sense that, you say, Oh man, that brother show sure know how to talk to that person. Like he man, he's a really good talker to that particular person. Now you may say, man, they sure can't talk. Like they talk a lot, but you're not gonna be like, oh man, he's a marvelous talker. But then when people pray to God, so they think they, they praying to God, you be like, Man, I wish I could pray like them. Cause they sure can't pray. And in my mind, I'm like, wow. But all they're supposedly doing is talking to God. But in actuality, what they're actually doing is talking to y'all. And it's found to be entertaining y'all with how they talk. Because when you're talking to God, all you're doing is talking to God. It's no different than you talking to another person. The only difference is really is that it's not another person, it's God. And in that, I don't have to go to God all like I'm singing a song to him and I ain't picking on anybody, but I'm just making a point. <laughs> If you're talking to another person, you don't sound like you're singing a song to them, you know? (laughs) But I'm just saying, right? But it makes no sense. It's like, who are you looking for when you pray? (laughs) It's like, it seems to be we're looking more for a response from people than we are from God. Because we pray, oh, we pray so hard and we get so emotionalized when we're praying. And then God is over here like, huh, interesting. (laughs) I guess they think I'm going to move more because they're emotional in their prayer. Or should I say their conversation with me? In other words, really in a conversation with me, it's a conversation with other people. So what are you saying? I'm saying it's the perspective. It's what's on the other end of the prayer. I'm not I'm not even talking to God. I'm just talking just to get a movement from somebody else. Same with me giving a pre. We call it a sermon. Same with me giving a sermon. What am I giving this sermon for? Am I giving this sermon just to get somebody's approval? Or am I saying something that I said? I, I have come to realize God has given me to say, for the benefit of God. What's on the other end of what you're doing, your investment? What are you investing in, right? What are you investing in, and what are you wanting from your investment? If it's people, then that's what you're going to get. But if it's God, then you're going to be made whole. You're going to be just like these people, just, just like these people here getting well, that, that the Pharisees called sinners. Doesn't he not know they tax collectors and sinners? And, and, and basically they're saying they're one and the same because tax collectors were people they looked at as cheaters. They cheated people out of their money, right? They schemed them and scammed them and there wasn't nothing they could do about it because they worked for the government. So they could come and say, oh, well, Caesar says taxes are this much. And they could very well be lying. And But you still have to give them the tax because they had the, uh, the Roman... Soldiers at their disposal. If you didn't, <laughs> they could go call the soldiers and then take you away. And so you, whatever they said, you just like, oh Lord, got to get these dudes this these taxes again. I know I know Caesar ain't want all of this, but but they had to do it. So tax collectors and sinners were one and the same, right? So so the Pharisees looked at them as, oh oh, these people. We shun these people. We don't accept these people into our fold. But then Jesus came along and said, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. I've come to help these very people that you are shunning. I come to help them. And then so then so then if we want to be helped and notice something, another nugget another, another nugget, notice something. He said The healthy don't need a doctor, but the sick. So then so yes. then not only do I acknowledge that I'm sick, but I got to acknowledge that I want to be well, right? See, so you don't go to the doctor to stay sick. You go to the doctor to get well, right? So it's not a—it's perpetuating the same symptoms. No, no, no. We, we we take the symptoms to God to for the made well. We take the, the illnesses to God for the fixing, not just to say, oh, I'm sick and I'm going to stay sick. Because when you're with the doctor, you don't stay sick. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the physical doctor. I'm talking about Christ. Because we know in physical doctors, sometimes you go to them jokers and, and they just taking your money. Kind of like the tax collectors. But we're not showing them either, though, right? We, you know. <laughs> we're not showing them either, right? Because we know the doctors who can make them well, too, right? But, but that's just a whole other thing. Anyways. The whole point is a couple nuggets, a few nuggets, more than one, more than a few actually. But the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is this. If I want to be what God is calling me to be, then I got to start hanging out with God to be what he's calling me to be. I have to start investing me into God so that God can invest him into me, right? It's like he ain't going to force his way into you, just like he didn't force his way into these Pharisees, as he said. And they come to call the righteous. See, they thought they were righteous. If, if, if I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I'm not good or I'm not well, but then at the same time, I'm not going to make myself available for the doctor who can make me well, then I must be okay with what I am. Make sense? i must be fine with what I am. But if I'm not fine with what I am, then I got to go to the doctor. And guess <laughs> what? <laughs> and guess what? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Until i am being made well. I'm not going to go to the doctor just to tell him I'm not well and then leave it. Right? That's kind of like going to the office and saying I'm sick and then leave it without the doctor. Right? That's the thing. You all pray for me. You pray for me. Then we go back out and we just keep being what we want to be instead of being what God is telling us to be. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. Okay. It's a big difference. And the difference is, I, am I going to commit myself to God? And dedicate myself to God, to being what he's wanting me to be? Or am I going to just tell him, hey, God, this is what I am. And I don't really like it, but but I'm not going to sit here in your dwelling so that you can change it. All right. That's the biggest takeaway. That's the biggest takeaway. I got to remain in God's dwelling. Remain where he is. And he's right here. He's right here, right in the midst of you. You don't have to look around. He's right there. Right, we misconstrue that. I gotta go find him. No, no, you don't have to find him. He right there. Start talking to him. Start investing into him. Right, I gotta invest in him. Right, I gotta I gotta invest myself into him. I really wanna know you, Lord. I really, I'm really aspiring to know you on a grander level than what it is that I see on an everyday basis. I really wanna I'm really interested in your seriousness in thought or in word. But I'm curious in my deeds, so I'm searching. I open up the scripture and I'm searching for you everywhere I read. I mean, where, where should I read? Oh, Lord, where should I read? And then he, it was a simple thing for me, was so curious about Jesus, and let me go to the Gospels and read about Jesus. And then when you start reading about Jesus throughout the scriptures, he references the prophets. He references Moses, and then you would go back because he will references just like right here he says. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. That's Hosea 6. So then you go to Hosea 6. Right, right. Then this is him just showing something, just showing. Investing, investing. You go to Hosea 6, and then he said, come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us. That we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. Man, and that sounds like what I just said, huh? As surely as the sun <laughs> rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Judah. Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that that disappears. Therefore, I cut you in pieces with my prophets. I killed you with the words of my mouth. Then my judgment go forth like the sun. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgment of God rather than burnt offerings. As at Adam, they have broken the covenant. They were unfaithful to me. Uh, to me, there, Gilead is a city of evildoers, stained with footprints of blood. As Martyrs lie in ambush for a victim. So do bands of priests. They murder us on the road of Shechem, carrying out their wicked schemes. I have seen a horrible thing in Israel. There, there Ephraim is given to prostitution. Israel is defiled. Also for you, Judah, a harvest is appointed whenever I would restore the fortunes of my people. Now, I know, I know, I read all of that. I did. And I know it probably... A lot there. I ain't going to really jump into all of it But the whole point was God was saying he did all of the things The destructive things to them To help them to see him Because they were out doing whatever they wanted to do The Pharisees in a sense Or us when we out here Doing whatever we want to do Being whatever we want to be But then telling him Oh but I want to be what you want me to be But I'm going to keep being what I want to be in the midst I'm just telling you that I want to be what you want me to be and versus, versus investing myself into him and being what he wants me to be. Like investing. Like investing. Like in a similar fashion. If you start a new job, what are you going to do? You're going to try to learn everything they're wanting you to do. Whether you have to stay late, you're going to do whatever it takes to learn what it is that they're wanting you to do. Because why? You want to be successful on that job. So take that same mindset and put it in the form of Christ. If I want to be what Christ wants me to be, and the only thing I know to be is, uh, uh, The only way I know to discover that is by going through the scriptures, then, man, I should do it just like I would do it on a job to discover what I should do on that job. I got to go into them scriptures and looking for God in everything that I read. And not just one time, not just two times, but every time I can. (laughs) Every time I can. This is about becoming well. Right. This is about being what God is calling me to be. This is what I'm trying to interject. If I want to be what God is calling me to be, then I just got to be it. I got to be it. I got to go ahead and commit myself to being it. Not talking about it. You know, not thinking about it. Just being about it. That's all I have. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have. That's it. Well, family. I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.